Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 28, and uh, I am sitting here with producer Joe on this fine Tuesday evening. How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Good to see you again. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a business meeting a couple days ago to talk about some things, and just came over and oh, and you taught me how to use uh, software. Yeah. So. All the new, new software. Yeah, and, and I forgot everything you taught me already. So. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with a special guest, Michelle Clear. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Good. So Michelle is, I always say special guest, oh. but Michelle might be the specialist of all guests <laughs> because um, we have recently come to, I, I come to terms, come to an agreement, come to just thinking that it's going to be a good idea to work together on launching your own podcast. Which I'm very excited about. I'm super excited about it too. And, you know, from everything that Joe and I have learned over the last two years, um, you know, we originally starting off with just one show and then developing a second and then having the conversation that, hey, we could help other people do this too. Um, because the, the barrier to entry to starting your own podcast, um, it, you need to know like a few, like a handful of like technical things and mm-hmm. then you can kind of hit the ground running and that's how we're kind of coming in in a sport role. So I'm uh, definitely needing your support <laughs> I'm ex- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm expecting you to know what you're doing. Cause I certainly don't. Yes. Well, we like to think that we do. Joe definitely does. That's I, awesome. I, I sometimes do and. Sometimes I pretend like I do, and then I call Joe and say, "Hey, how do we do this?" (laughs) So, um, so cool. So, tell me a little bit about your background. So, uh, well, let's start with this. Let's talk about like what your credentials are, what what you're doing now. Um, so we'll start there. Okay, I am a licensed professional counselor. I have been for the last eleven years. I recently moved to Grand Rapids about two years ago from the Brighton area. So I've been in Michigan pretty much most of my life. But what makes my, and, and why really why I want to do a podcast, not only just because of the 11 years of being a therapist, but also my personal experience with mental health within my family, within um, just society in general, but just, I've been at it for a long time. So I think it's time to tell my story. Yeah, My absolutely. personal story. So we don't want to give too many details, <laughs> no, we but don't. let's give the, uh, <laughs> like kind of the, tra- like the, um, the movie trailer version of your story and can we can we say the name of the podcast oh, on here so. right yes yeah. it's Shellyville Shellyville so <laughs> nice. everybody wants to come to Shellyville yes so um and what you mentioned to me is you want you know cuz mental health is such a hot topic these days and rightfully so and you wanted to kind of create a platform where you can kind of talk about some of these issues and almost as somebody was walking into your office for free Absolutely. Yes. I will be giving away free mental health tips without a doubt. That's awesome. And especially the way I'm probably going to present the mental health tips are going to be through stories and and what works for me, small bits of advice. As therapists, we're not supposed to give advice, but I've got a list of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it for 11 years. People, I got a, I have a lot of advice. I believe it. Believe so it. I think these are the things that I probably would say in session, but not necessarily mm-hmm. Um all at once. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to kind of give tiny tidbits as well as a good storyline and and really some life experience. The stories I have about how I have lived through mental health and how I've been an advocate, a parent, like these are the stories that will touch people and 
really it's it's the human element that I'm trying to get across on my podcast, mm-hmm. how mental health affects everybody and we're all suffering in some way. So I'm hoping that my little Shelly Villa is kind of a, a nice fun stop along the way. No, that's awesome. And I know it will be. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. So let take me back a little bit. So, um, you know, you said you've been a, you know, you've been doing this for 11 years. Um, and I'm not going to speculate on your age, but you, you, <laughs> have, a twi- you have a 20 year old son. So <laughs> right. this, let's, so let's there, was, there was a course correction at some point <laughs> in your life. What was, what did you do prior and what really made you want to go down this path to begin with? Well, that's pr- probably going to be a major part of the podcast. What made me go down this road is giving birth to a child with mental illness. Okay. And so that's really when he was five, he really needed assistance. He needed Mm -hmm. help and I needed to educate myself. So I started reading a ton of books on bipolar disorder and every book I read, there was like this one piece missing and that was the human element. Mm -hmm. And I was that human element. Mm. So I went back to school to get my master's so I could help my son. And my son kept asking me to be his therapist, but I'm like, I can't be yours, but I can be somebody's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me where I'm at. And that's why I've been doing this. So, um, life put me here. <laughs> yeah. Life definitely put me in the position. But I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom. I thought that job would last forever. Apparently they grow up and live home. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so sad. So I thought I kind of was looking down the road, like what happens when they leave? Mm-hmm. I need something to do. Yeah, for so sure. So that's kind of what put me on the road to become a therapist. And if you want to hear the full story, click the link in the description and we'll get you over to that full episode where you can kind of talk about your story more in detail. I will. Um, so if you're interested in that, go ahead and click that link right now. That'll port you over to where you need to be. And probably one of the first episodes of Shellyville. Yes. So cool. We will fix that in post, but we'll, we'll get that in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you have two kids, correct? Yes, I do. Okay. Yep. And so mental health issues with one, not so Actually, much with both. the other? Or Actually, with both. both. Okay. Uh, when my daughter was 22, 23, she started to get really depressed at school and they diagnosed her with bipolar. Okay. Gotcha. So, and yep. you mentioned bipolar and that's something that you kind of focus on, right? Or you have a bit of an expertise. In- I have an expertise. I didn't. <laughs> the funny thing about it is I never wanted to be an expert on bipolar disorder. I have a twin brother. I have... Well, I have come this very big family. Mm-hmm. So there's 10 siblings in my family. Five probably have a bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with this disorder. Of course, it used to be called manic depressive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've seen it firsthand. I witnessed it. Mm-hmm. And I myself probably have bipolar, although I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah. So I just have this personal experience with it. And then you have a child with it. And then you later on have another child with it. You're like, well, damn, life's telling me something. Yeah. I got to do something with this. Yeah. So you, so. you became an expert by, expert by proximity. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so it was I forced upon me. For just uh, those of us that aren't as inclined to understand what you're talking about, do you want to give a quick rundown of what bipolar disorder looks Great like? Or question, how yes. defined? Great question. Great question. Bipolar disorder is very complicated because most people think it's just a mood disorder. But it's not just that you have racing thoughts or severe depression. There's a lot that goes into the diagnosis of bipolar, and it's very misunderstood. I consider bipolar to be not only just a mood disorder where you have you can have severe depression or you can have severe mania, which is usually impulse control, a lot of shopping, a lot of addictions. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the extremes, racing thoughts, a high energy 
excess of lack of sleep. Like sleep is definitely a component of bipolar, but really it's a little bit of it's having the highs and lows at the Mm. same time. They can both exist at the same time or they can be waves apart. So to get a diagnosis, you pretty much have to have like seven different things that a doctor will look at. Gotcha. So it's it's a big diagnose. But it's very misunderstood because the reality is there's lots of layers to it. It's not just one person's bipolar is not the same as the person next to them. Mm -hmm. There's so many different variants of it. And I think that's what makes it such an interesting disorder and so misunderstood. Hard to diagnose. So that's kind of why I'm an expert because I've seen it from a different levels. I've seen the high energy part. I've seen the manic part. I've felt the depression part. We call it like little mini, mini coaster rides. It's Mm -hmm. like going to Cedar Point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, is it it clinically considered to be genetic? It's yes. Okay. Yes, it really is. Because I was going to say that'd be a huge coincidence if that Mm -hmm. many people in your life have. have related disorders. Well, they say that trauma can bring it on quicker, Hmm. but it's also still showing up at younger and younger ages through the generations as we have it, because it's the oldest mental health disorder on the planet. It was the very first one diagnosed. And so it has been Mm -hmm. forever. Like this is the longest one. Wow. So, and it, and it's still misunderstood, which is bizarre because it's been around the longest, but that's how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. So answer this. For, so this is a question that I, I thought of earlier and I didn't write it down because I never do. They, <laughs> they come and they go and it is what it is. Um, with um, bipolar, like the manic bipolar, mm-hmm. how would you compare it to like, so manic bipolar to me as a just a regular Joe that doesn't know much about the stuff sounds to me like schizophrenia. What are some of the big differences there? Schizophrenia is seriously a detachment from reality. Okay. Okay. So mania is just having a really good time at an extreme level. Now there are some people that can have bipolar with schizophrenia effect, Mm -hmm. which means that they can lose touch of reality and and be kind of manic and and lose touch of reality because that's kind of what it's about. Mm -hmm. But hell, so can alcohol and drugs can make you do that Mm -hmm. too. So it's not just a, not just a bipolar disorder thing, but bipolar one does have that kind of element in it. And it does sound like schizophrenia a little bit. So, but it's really schizophrenia is just a loss of touch of reality. Mm -hmm. It's coexisting with your own truth. Like you could be looking at something and saying, I know that's red Mm -hmm. and everyone else in the room sees it as blue. Interesting. But in your mind, you are so confident that that is red. Mm -hmm. So the hardest part about schizophrenia is, is that that person truly believes what they see is real. Convincing somebody that their reality is not. It's like Inception. Yes. Wow. Maybe that's what that movie's about. Because I know Leonardo DiCaprio did another movie. Um, Shutter Island. Mm. Where oh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, dude. Well, I don't want to ruin it for you then. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. The movie's been back. out for eight years, bro. I, know. I, yeah. I shouldn't have to hold myself it's back fine. from spoilers. <laughs> hey, you can do it. I, I will okay. hold it against All you. All right. So, probably. It, well, if I, spo- if I say it, the movie's not worth watching because it's a dumb movie if you know <laughs> if you know what's coming. Go for it. So, um, so basically, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is a, he's a detective 
and he's investigating some weird things that have been happening at a mental institution. Mm -hmm. And basically the premise of the movie, the ear just mind bent the entire time. Like what is going on? And then at the end you find out that he's actually been institutionalized there as I believe as a schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and he thought he was a detective and that was his reality, but he's just been a patient there for two years. Basically just like a, a, Six cents kind of reveal yep. in the yep. end. Nice, yeah. pretty much. And so the and that's the reality of it. In his mind, you don't know. You don't. And that's why mm. I tell people all the time: you don't know the difference between imagination and reality. Sure. You only know what you tell yourself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But as a therapist, so. you know this. That same thought process can also be used in a positive light. Oh, absolutely! It's so, all positive. It, it's all language. Mm-hmm. Like everything in our brain is language. Right. So you pick the words. For sure. Like I've heard like one of my favorite sayings is like, yeah, it's like self-talk is great, but you can't just sit in a garage and say, I'm a car, I'm a car, I'm a car <laughs> and turn into a car. No, you can't so, turn into a car. But, <laughs> but like there have studies shown like people who are going after goals that have positive affirmations about themselves are a lot more likely to achieve those goals Absolutely. versus someone that isn't because Absolutely. they end up believing them that about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the tidbits that will slowly come out in Shellyville. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Plus to get that, that those first couple episodes recorded. Do you remember how bad our first couple episodes were? He was I, talking about I it I earlier. I was just talking about it <laughs> yeah. before about just like the old uh, PA system that we were using and how they're like, you have that minimum barrier where it's just not painful to listen to. So it's, it's just better than painful. Mm-hmm. And that as long as your content is good enough, that's okay for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then it hopefully gets better from there. Someday <laughs> when I don't have anything to do with my life, I'm going to go back and listen to episode one with Tyler. I thought about that and I don't want to, I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Is that bad? It was three. So we, so Tyler's my NFL show co-host now good friend. And he, um, he was my first guest that I had on the show and we didn't know each other that well back then. I I, didn't realize that. Yeah. We were not like tight. I had probably hung out with him like three or four times. And, but I knew he was an NFL guy and I was like, worst case scenario, if we can't find something to talk about, we'll talk about sports and it'll be easy and we'll drink some whiskey and it'll be a good time. That was the downfall. Of the yeah. <laughs> well, three hours into the show, we decided that we should start talking about sports. Oh, okay. So like we really hit it off and it, it turned into a whole thing and yeah. all that good stuff. So well, how many shows did you do with him? Um, we're going into our third season. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think the first year, like we did like once a month for a couple months and then we every other week and then it got down to Uh, weekly by the end of the season. I was going to say it only took as soon as the season started, it was weekly. That was last year. The first year we... And then it was at at a minimum, I think it was bi-weekly then. It wasn't wasn't like a once a month. It was like every week or every other week. Yeah. So we were... So yeah, we did a a lot. So what's ideal then? What what would you say your time frame? What's the best time frame for a podcast to come out? Great question. Great question. So my opinion on this is that if you're doing sports, um, and this is one thing that we're going to try to get better at this year, is we're going to do shorter more often. Okay. Um, with these longer form shows, um, for a while, we were doing one a week. Mm-hmm. And that was a tough schedule to adhere to. 
Yes. We 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 were doing <laughs> one regular show per week, week in, week out. We never missed one. And one, you know, like averaging one every two weeks. So we were putting out on average five shows a month. Wow. Yeah. Five, you guys six shows are busy. a month. So it was and a each lot. of them were at, at a minimum an hour. Yeah. Like he was doing all of the main show editing. I was doing all of the sports show editing and we just kind of worked our tails off and learned how to do it. Yeah. Um, so we saw the most traction after three months of posting once a week. Okay. That's when we started to actually get the most. As tra- far as time in the week, my favorite time to post is Monday at 6 a.m., especially for the longer form content. Mm-hmm. You got people commuting to work or mm-hmm. listening at mm-hmm. work on Monday. So mm-hmm. they're coming off their weekend. They're looking for something new and it drops right then. Yeah. Well, one thing, Joe, that I, and we don't have to talk about this now, but um, starting it at like, at like 3 a.m. Because yeah. a lot of times the notifications don't come through until like 9 or 10. Yes. So I forget about that. that. That's one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. And you just made me think of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is, so this is like a Shellyville 101 episode, but it almost like a how to is. start a podcast 101 episode. So yeah. you know everybody that's listening who might want to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I mean, I just put it out on Facebook that I needed it's some editors. It's so random. <laughs> So and the random. fact that I met you guys and here we are. This is just, here we I are. love now you're, Facebook. You're, by the way, and this there's not really like a rhyme or reason to this, but you are the first female guest that we've had on the show. Yeah. I'm so honored. You've Thank you guys. You've broken up the boys club. <laughs> yeah. Finally. And the funny thing is we were supposed to do a, a show with Chloe. Twice. We <laughs> no. were supposed to do it twice. She backed out both times. Yeah. Well. And then she got super busy with all mm-hmm. the crazy stuff that she's doing. We, we got to have her on to talk about the Iron Man stuff. Yeah, when she does it. Yeah. Maybe, should we do it before? No, we got to do it after. So she can talk about her experience. Yeah. Or we do, we record clips ahead of time to get a before and after. Like, how do you think this is going to go? Yeah, that'd be interesting. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. How did it go? Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Not right after. That would suck. No. (laughs) Let's be nice. She's going to crush it. She ran eight miles last night just for grins and giggles. Wow. So... Well, no wonder she doesn't have time to sit down here. I guess not. Yeah. Wow. I guess not. You'd think she'd make it a priority, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Michelle's right. Um, we are bringing on new shows uh, to the network. Um, if you want to get, if, if you ever thought about starting a podcast and you want more information about that, give me a call, shoot me an email, find me on Facebook. Rakowskipod at gmail.com is a great yep. place to start. Like if you don't know me, that's a good place to start. Yeah. If you just say, mm-hmm. want to start a podcast in the, in the subject line, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. While we're way off topic, do you want to hear a bad joke? <laughs> Absolutely. Always. <laughs> okay. So I dated a girl in high school. Her name is Lisa and she had a twin and everybody would always ask me like, like, how do you tell them apart? And, you know, because it can be tough sometimes, even if you're dating someone. And I always said the same thing. I was like, well, Lisa likes to paint her nails green. <laughs> and Bob has a penis. <laughs> and you know what? My twin has a penis too. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm sure your husband had no problem telling you apart. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's funny. I know bad at least. You you said that you had a twin earlier, and then I that, that joke triggered it. I just, I just uh, heard that this oh, morning. That's and it cracked me up. So, 
Um, <laughs> I've heard that Lisa. multiple times, and it's never not funny. <laughs> like that's the third or fourth time. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so what do you like to do for fun? I mean, because you have a lot of free time, right? Yeah, of course I do, because I'm not overscheduling myself. Yeah, absolutely. No, no therapist in the right mind would do right. that. Well, I'm lucky that I live on the, I call this the fun side of the state because literally we have all the fun things to do over here. Uh, Lake Michigan is so close. It is. So I love checking out the small towns that are, you know, just the a drive. fresh coast is yes. what it's called. Oh, the fresh coast. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking it out. I'm checking out the fresh coast, but I do a lot of arts and crafts. I'm also, uh, I'm a writer, so okay. I like to write my free time. I like to hang out with my friends and just get out and see the town. Do I love to go to concerts, movies, your favorite, What's everything. your favorite concert that you've ever been to? Well, I just did. I, unfortunately, I did just go see Billy Joel, which actually oh, was really cool. Nice. <laughs> Comerica Park put on a great show. That is amazing. So, I mean, I like Isn't the Isn't he doing concert. like a farewell tour right now or was... <laughs> His I think he's trying to make up for the time he lost during COVID. Uh, I had my I tickets for two years. Oh, wow. So it was a great concert. It was, but I yeah. like to go to live concerts. I just love live experiences. Mm. I like to just put myself in the action. Mm-hmm. I try to keep myself as busy as I can away from the office so I don't think about mental health things. Yeah, for sure. Try to have as much fun as I can. So going back to the writing thing, mm-hmm. uh, what made you choose audio as as the media as opposed to writing? I've been told for a long time that I needed to do this podcast. Mm. And I've already published a book and I've written lots of things already. And so I've kind of done that. Mm -hmm. And the idea of just talking live and getting my story out, this is popular. So why not be, why not be quicker and popular and it's a lot less work, hopefully, because I'm making you guys do the work. <laughs> yep. That is <laughs> I'm just going to show up and talk and you guys are going to do the work. So, yeah. I mean, it's got to be easier than writing a book, right? I would hope so. I mean, <laughs> I would hope I've so. never written a book, but yeah, I, it probably takes longer to write a book, I would it say. It takes a little bit of time to write a book, but I write every single day. Mm-hmm. I do not start my day without journaling. So that's a huge part of who I am. Why? Because it that? clears my mind. Okay. It allows me to start out with a positive thought mm-hmm. and it allows me to just know, ground myself. Like I know what I'm thinking when I can start my day. So I always start my day with a good intention. That's so good. And I, I envy people so much that have daily disciplines. And as, as a highly ADHD person, <laughs> which I kind of noticed, <laughs> getting into a routine is Isn't brutal, tough. which yeah. I think helps me sometimes being a podcast host because I can bounce around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think it might piss Joe off sometimes. <laughs> See, the, the thing is, we're I'm a little ADHD too, ADHD too, but we're it's different, very different, different. things. Different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I have the same issue with uh with like habits daily and everything. Like I'm watching my parents' dog this week while they're uh, on vacation, and like all of my routines have changed 100. Oh, percent And like it, I just my brain goes nuts over it, and I. I don't like it, but mm-hmm. we're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> you do what you can. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I have a little attention deficit myself, so I think it's grounding for me. I've just started this habit a long time ago. I started writing when I was 11 years old mm-hmm. to kind of handle some of my family stress and storyline and wrote poetry, published a book of poetry. So it's just something I do. It is my, it's like my only discipline though. Yeah. <laughs> it is. 
Better don't, than zero. <laughs> don't judge me too much, too much mm-hmm. but I do like to write. When so. you read, do you like to read fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Or, okay, cool. Non-fiction. What's your favorite book that you've read? Maybe not like for your discipline specifically, but maybe say. like a general, because um, we have Billy, Billy Lamford on the show as a, one of our regular correspondents. We ought to get him back on, by oh, the yeah. way, sometime also, soon. Also, if you are ever going to listen to any of the episodes, start with Billy's episodes. Okay. They're fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Probably my favorite episodes that we've had. So okay. Billy's Billy has a really interesting background. He is the director of operations or something of that nature um, at AK Rick's for a while, the clothing store. But he's more on the side of like per- like personal development okay. and growth and stuff like that. And I've heard that that wor- those words thrown around a lot, especially in corporate settings. And they don't mean what they a lot of times they don't mean what they sound like they mean. Mm-hmm. Like you've got your, um, you know, giant corporation A, their personal development people are like, hey, how do we just help you check another box so that you can move on to the other thing? Like, Produce. you're not diving into their lives and trying to... No, you're producing product. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Show me show me the goods. Yeah. And that's what was different about Billy because that's actually what he did. Yeah. And he's the real deal. Yeah. And he's wow. just a dude that I played ball with. Like, that's where yeah. I met him. And I just like, I started talking to him like, you're like, you're different. Like, what I mean, in a corporate setting, I uh, he he did a shout out on one of his Instagram stories one time of one of the guys that he was working with, and he's working. He was working with uh, an employee of AK Ricks on building their own personal brand on social media. Oh wow! Like normal, like you don't have like big corporation doing that. Mm-hmm. For That's for anyone. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Billy's super awesome. So anyway, long story short. Had him on the show. Uh, he was the third episode we ever did. Mm-hmm. And then I believe he was number 23 or 24 yeah, he's been or something on the show like, like that. Three or four times yep. now. That's awesome. But one of the times he came on, I think it was the second or third, um, he picked me apart the last 15 minutes to ask me some of the questions that I asked you when we were sitting in your office last week to talk about, like, what do you want to get out of the show? Mm-hmm. And he forced me to think about, like, it, because for a while we were just kind of spinning our wheels that this is a fun thing that we're doing. But he actually made me think about what I wanted to do and basically gave me a 15 minute personal coaching session on my show about my show. And <laughs> I, I didn't, this guy. and I didn't realize it until like we were just about done. And I was like, you, you just like took me into your office, didn't you? And oh, he, that's he's so like, cool. yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I really appreciate Billy. We got to get you back on, but um, hold on, I'm, I'm looking up the actual episode because uh, I remember that. And <laughs> where he grilled him? <laughs> yeah, I think it was 13. Episode 13. No, it was the 90 Day Review. 90. That's right. Yeah, it's just called 90 Day Review. Yeah. Posted uh, December of 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So, um, I think you were going to ask me a question. I was about to ask you a question. <laughs> Sorry, I messed you up. You did. Totally I think it was about off. what books I read. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite favorite book about maybe personal development or growth? Oh, man. There is one that stands out, and just because it just hit me on a couple different levels, it's called The Indigo Child. Okay. So it's about, it's about 
children or adults actually that grow up to have really independent thinking and how they don't fit into society right now. And it helped me as a mom understand my child and his different thinking. Mm -hmm. So it's called the Indico Child. I just remember it having a really profound personal impact on me with how I treated my son. Okay. Because it just taught me to slow down and be more respectful and not come as a mom, Mm -hmm. but come more as a human. It just Mm -hmm. really changed the perspective of how I looked at my son. Yeah. Now, now that I got thinking about that, what are you, what are your thoughts? Have you read 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson? I don't think so. No. What are your thoughts on Jordan Peterson? Love him or hate him? I haven't read a lot of him. I don't know. Oh, you I, have, I don't have an opinion. Okay. Gotcha. No <laughs> opinion. I, from a psychological standpoint, uh, he's fantastic. I okay. religiously listen to his podcast. Uh, he's a clinical psychologist from Canada. and uh, I probably find him fascinating. Yeah. he. The way that he thinks about everything is so intriguing to me. We don't necessarily agree on everything, but like just the way he breaks something down is amazing. His brain is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. He's got a big old brain on him. Yeah. So, um, but my favorite, the 12 rules for life, The my favorite thing about that book was he, a very interesting quote from that book. He said, one of his 12 rules is that said, don't, and I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter this, but he said, don't let your kids do anything that would make you not like them. Mm. Good luck with mm-hmm. that. So, but basically <laughs> it was, it was the idea and, and, you know, dealing with kids with like difficult personalities is one thing, mm-hmm. but overtly allowing your kids to do things that makes you not like them sets up this, them on this trajectory long term of not being able to assimilate into other mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think you just kind of nailed society right on the head, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I whew, we have some epidemic problems out there right now mm-hmm. with people not disciplining or listening to their children or mm-hmm. being heard, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, not liking your kids. There's so many kids that aren't even being, giving any attention to. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. And this was a, this was a couple of years ago, but, um, Chloe and I, we, we went and hung out with, um, a couple friend. Well, I didn't. I didn't, we didn't really know them that well, but we just went and had them over and mm-hmm. um, they brought their kids. They had three of them. And they, the way that they, like, I liked the the couple mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand their kids. Because, oh, so sad. And, but you could see that it wasn't the kids' fault. It was what their parents mm-hmm. enabled and allowed mm-hmm. um, because just so the way they talked. I was like, mm-hmm. if, and these are, I don't know, six, seven-year-old kids. And it's like, if Claire said that, like, there wouldn't be a thought. It would just be in, like a farmhand to the back of the head. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, you don't, man. You, you don't <laughs> say that. Like, you don't do that. And the we, problem we're is not it's correcting cyclical. our children. Yeah. We're letting them say things that, okay, it's funny when they're three. It's not funny when you're six. It's right. not mm-hmm. funny when you're seven. Exactly. You know, it, it's ridiculous what people say. And, and I'll be honest. I mean, I struggled with that with my child. For sure. So discipline, I try to teach p- people to understand that discipline is love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you love your child, you're going to teach them what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference between a kid growing up to know right mm-hmm. or wrong. Yeah. 
And that's just huge. A good example of that is when I was in my bad kid, you know. <laughs> of course, we're know, all there. Being 17, 18 years old, burning heaters outside and just, you know, trying to do that whole thing. And I had friends of mine that when they were 16, 17, 18 years old, their parents just let them smoke cigarettes mm -hmm. sometimes in the house and all that stuff. And my parents said, well, you're not going to do that on our property. Whatever you do outside of here, it's on you, but you're just, you're just not going to do it here. Mm -hmm. And had I not like it, had I not had that firm hand back then, I thought they were being jerks. Absolutely. And had I not had that firm hand, I'd probably be a pack a day cigarette smoker because I really like smoking cigarettes back then. <laughs> back in, I smoked when I was 12. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it was bad. I, I tell people I did more stuff before I was 16 than I ever did afterwards. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have older siblings. I guess. Yeah. I was the oldest, so I was there the bad go. example. And then my two little sisters were little baby angels that never did anything <laughs> wrong. At least that's what I thought back then. It's probably still true though. <laughs> so have you lost friends over the podcast? Should I be worried? Like, so I'll say what's this. The, what's the feedback like? So my, I, I tend to speak my mind and I found out very early on that if you want to do politics, you have to lean into politics yeah. mm -hmm. and you have to pick a side and you have to lean into that side. Because it's very polarizing. Absolutely. So, nope. Um, and I have I have a like a, a center right view of things, a, you know, mostly conservative background that I was raised in. But living in the city for the last eight years, I think, gives me a unique perspective. And while most people they either completely stay, um, you know, you know, if you grow up conservative, one of two things happens: you go up grow up to you go to college and you become a liberal until you <laughs> because that's until just you, a given exactly until you turn 45 <laughs> and you realize how much you're paying in taxes and then you typically go back to being conservative <laughs> or, oh my god that sounds so familiar <laughs> um or um you you get pissed off by seeing all of these liberals around you and you lean more conservative and you 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 fall far like and i feel like i kind of just leveled off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't really go like far conservative, but I, I feel a lot more just like a libertarian now in a lot of yeah. forms or fashions. There's still some, some rocks that are some hills that I'll die on. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I consider myself pretty middle of the road. But well, so to answer your question, I, I found early on that it politics was not going to be the lane that I was going to go into. Do your show on. Yeah. Absolutely. So it just wasn't the direction that I wanted mm -hmm. to take, take my crowds and stuff like that. And, and honestly, as far as feedback goes, like, I don't think we've gotten much feedback beyond like individuals. I know you've gotten some feedback mm -hmm. like from individuals, but yeah. for the most part, like I, we've just been putting out from my perspective, we've been putting out content and not hearing anything back. Like we so have no you, news is good news. That's have, what I'm going numbers and, and that's about <laughs> it. But like, I don't, I'm, I've, Part of me thinks, though, that I should start rocking the boat more and being more controversial. Well, people like that, honestly. But I, right. think, I think there's a, uh, I think our kind of MO has always been we aren't afraid to speak our minds and rock the boat when necessary. But our opinions, honestly, aren't <laughs> terribly controversial. Like we like I'm probably more conservative than you are. You are. Yeah. Uh, but like some of the things like I'm, I'm not unreasonable. That That's also very true. 
I think that's a nice statement about people in general, though. Yeah. yeah and I think most people are kind of in that thing. So, like, we want to get along see con- as controversial in our little basement studio here, like mm-hmm. 80% of America that, and for sure, 80% of people mm-hmm. listening could just be like, yeah, okay, that's that's reasonable. Like, I can understand that mm-hmm. and just move on with their lives. Yeah. That's what I want to get to. I mean, I'd love to get to that point where we can both have this different opinions and be okay with it. I mm-hmm. remember when that used to be a thing. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That'd be awesome. I, my, my thing too is that if I do say something controversial, typically it's followed by, and if anybody disagrees and wants to come on the show and talk about it, yeah. wide open mm-hmm. and yeah, because absolutely. there are some certain things like universal health care like that for i mean for a while that was a hot topic and then it just seems like it's a hot topic during campaigns mm-hmm. and then people run on it and then they get elected and they don't do anything about it um so but like so I, i'm i think that it's a bad idea in theory having the government run health care but I also don't really have like a good viable option. So like right. I'm open to hearing are, ideas. Yeah, right. Because what are our choices? I, I don't have the solution. Yeah. Um, I have a solution on gun control. <laughs> Me too. No, no, nobody really wants <laughs> yeah, no, to. No one's going to like my solution to gun control. Well, I, about half oh, the country. Man, about half don't the country get me started like in mental health and gun you're, control. Yeah. You're, 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 I would actually like to have, uh, have discussions on that. Because like I have. Ask uh, me. I don't know if we want to get into it here. Wait, your, sol- your solution to gun control is that every human being should be allowed to own a belt fed, belt fed machine gun if they yeah, choose. Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? I don't think you want to see me with one of those. No, thank you. I mean, and it's not that you have to. It's that, uh, actually, I... You, uh, you get pulled over in your vehicle and a police <laughs> officer comes up to the window and he's like, what's that? And you're just like, officer, it's medicinal. And he's like, no, that's 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 a belt-fed machine gun, first of all. It's a 50 cal. Like, one of, what are you doing with One that? of my dream guns <laughs> is actually a German MG42 uh, belt-fed light machine gun. Nice. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway. What's your question, Joe? <laughs> like, that I can answer. <laughs> so from a... With the understanding, so like everything is is kind of with a grain of salt here because I understand that there are extenuating circumstances with mental health issues. Absolutely. And there are absolutely epidemics that should be considered uh, when talking about guns. Guns are dangerous things. They're, it's inherent. Uh, but there's also uh, a freedom and anti-tyranny aspect to it that is is kind of the, the grounds that I stand on regardless of that. Uh, and I think it's the lesser of two evils. Absolutely. Well, here's the difference. <laughs> Behind every gun is a personal choice. Mm-hmm. And what a person does with the gun, that isn't always directed by mental health. That could be life circumstances. That could be feeling like crap that day. That could yep. be getting yeah. your butt whipped when you were six and not being fed for two days or being held in a closet like we don't know what's going on behind the hind behind the mind of someone what Correct. pisses me off the most is calling that a mental illness without knowing if that really is mm-hmm. a mental illness mm-hmm. that's my biggest issue with it is yeah. that we're going to blame people for killing people and we call it a, a mental health issue mm-hmm. but is it isn't I mean, it just a person issue isn't it yeah. just that person chose to do something that was wrong and some of the things that i think about and I've heard on that uh, kind of in that realm is like for someone to think that they need to kill someone else could be considered a mental health issue if you like you are delirious enough to do that but 
I can I very much understand where you're coming from, and I I generally agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but my whole gun control issue is. I don't think taking away guns from law-abiding citizens is the solution to that problem. I think there's more important problems than that one. Absolutely. Yeah. I would agree with you. My my solution to the whole problem is, have you heard me talk about my solution yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, so I have a tangent. solution to it. And if we study history, um, at least recent history, I, and I could stand corrected on this because I don't do a ton of research on these things, but I believe of the school shootings and the recent mass shootings that we've seen, possibly the the one in Buffalo at the supermarket excluded because I don't believe that was the case. But most most of the school shootings that we mm-hmm. see, it's it's somebody younger between the ages of 18 to 21. I think that's a very good rule of thumb, maybe even younger than that. So somebody under the age of 21. You still know right or wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, yes, you should. Yes. But I still do. If so, part of the reason that we'll never see meaningful government or meaningful change come from any government source, especially at the federal level, is because um, they refuse to operate in good faith on these discussions, both sides. And because anything that the Democrats say, Republicans say, you're trying to ban all guns, and there's a lot of rhetoric to back that claim. Um, And then, you know, the the on the, the Democrat side says you don't want to you don't want to uh, do anything about this because you don't care about dead kids, which is an argument in bad faith. Oh. Um, so obviously not true. So my solution, if I was czar of the U.S., <laughs> um, what I would do is say if you. If you're under the age of 21, I don't think you should be banned from owning a firearm because I'm from the country. And Mm -hmm. if you didn't hunt by the time you're age 13 or 14, you're a weirdo. I was one of those weirdos, by the way. I was (laughs) I wasn't a big hunter growing up. So I don't think taking guns out of the hands of kids is necessarily the right thing to do. Um, But I think that I'm not sure that you should be able to purchase a firearm by yourself as an 18 year old. I'm, I'm not sure that it's a good idea for somebody who's, you know, freshly removed from school, which a lot of kids have a hard time in school. Like a lot of kids are, have social issues and they have lots of trauma from their experiences in middle school and high school. And those are typically the ones committing their crimes sometimes against the school that they went to Parkland, um, um, the one in Colorado, Columbine, Columbine, those are, those are all recent, you know, relatively recent events. Um, so if you want an 18 year old to purchase a firearm and own that firearm themselves, um, you have a parent or legal guardian, not an older brother, not an uncle, a parent or legal guardian co-signs that purchase and are as legally responsible for that firearm as the person using it. So wasn't one of the fire, uh, was it one of the guns like the mom's? <laughs> like so, the mom's personal gun was used in yeah, one of the fights. I sure. mean, here's the thing. It's like guns are not the problem. They're not. Mm-hmm. People are the problem. That's and that's, that's what this whole problem or why we have to decide two sides on it right. instead of looking at logically. Mm-hmm. We're looking at this like it's not a gun that makes mm-hmm. kills people. Mm-hmm. It is the person that kills 100%. people. We're not doing enough to take care of people. Mm-hmm. I could care less about guns. Tell me what we're doing for people. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're, as a country, we're, we're 100%. failing. Because anybody can go buy a car 
right. and, and and you can drive use it into that a as a weapon. A mm-hmm. gun is it's an inanimate object. It's a mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. Right. Um, you know. But if you're gonna kill somebody, you're gonna find a weapon. Like that's mm-hmm. the thing that's so crazy is yeah. you're talking about eighteen year olds. We just put eighteen year olds went to Vietnam. Yeah. You know, they were given guns, yeah. but even in even then, their guns were regulated. They weren't walking around and sleeping with them. Yep. They had yep. to hand them in at the end of the night. Like, we're just, we're too free in this country in some ways that, mm. you know. I, so. I don't know. Kind of along this this realm, and I guess I would like to hear your opinion on this as a, as a mental health professional. Okay. Uh, we've d- definitely discussed this before, but I think one of the biggest issues and one of the solutions that will be the hardest to implement is... There's a uh, an epidemic of of men that don't know what they're doing, mm. <laughs> and women are like supporting them. But thank you. But, and, uh, <laughs> and and from my perspective, that it's it's the men that so like women are meant to be caring. Yes, and women do a very good job of that. That's why we we have them. Like that's that's why they are are made the way that they are. But I think it's gotten to a point where we haven't had that supportive side. We haven't had that farmhand smack to the back of the head mm-hmm. that came from yesteryear, from kind of the the boomer era. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I am the last generation of the boomers, so you've got a boomer in front of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my parents are the same way. My dad was was yeah. born in the '60s, so yep, so was I. Uh, but yeah, so I guess, would you agree with that? Like, what's the... Well, what's I would agree on- that education has to be more than school. Mm. I would agree that in society, what is a gun? What does gun ownership mean to a person? What is it? You know, why is it so important? Is it just mm-hmm. as important as having a job? Is it just as important as being a good citizen? I mean, you have the right. This is my whole thing. I believe in the freedom of choice. I believe mm-hmm. that my brain is my brain and my thoughts are my thoughts. It is not my thoughts that get me in trouble. It is my actions. Mm. And if we want people to know what they're doing with guns, why aren't we teaching them what to do with the gun? So this actually on that very same realm, the statistic that I thought you were going to bring up is uh, if you look at history and I don't have exact dates, but uh, there is a, uh, an eerie correlation between the increase in number of mass shootings and uh, the number of school districts that had curriculum on shooting guns. No. You know what I think it is? I think it's just video games in general. That's an interesting I'm sorry. I just think it's video games thing that I've heard too. Here's the thing. I play I play a little game on my phone, just a little ball drop thing where you just color sort the colors, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in between my games and it, you know how you get to your win and it goes to the next game. It shows me violence. It shows me this game of this guy driving his car into a crowd. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. on my phone. I did not ask to see that. Mm-hmm. I hate violence, mm-hmm. but I'm playing a game that I enjoy. And the next thing that comes up is like a killing game. Yeah. That's our problem. There is no regulation of what we're showing people nowadays. So I guess is regulation the solution or is it a parenting issue? Well, okay, here's the thing. I'm an adult. I have a phone. I did not want to see that. How did that come up on my phone Mm -hmm. when I am a person that does not like violence? Because someone else was parented in a way that made that acceptable in society. Right. That I want to have that taken off my phone. 
I do not want to play a game where I'm sorting colors and the next thing I'm seeing is someone shoot somebody to death. No, well, you can pay four ninety nine to remove the ads. I'm definitely doing it because I'm telling you right now, that was so offensive to me. And mm-hmm. that instant, we are so desensitized. Yeah. yeah. You see that 12 times a day, you're thinking that's normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's well, our and biggest spe- problem. And you and me and Joe at our age, that's not like you can, you I can see the difference. That. I know you it's a game that off. Right. But a eight year old boy. No, <laughs> that's what I've seen. And, for- and I'll, I'll add another one. And again, I'm not a neuroscientist, but <laughs> I also have played quite a bit of video games in my life. Less, less than average, I would say, but more than Enough. some. And I, also being ADD brain, um, <laughs> I know the, the the places and spots in my brain that light up when I play video games that mm-hmm. make me, when I'm done playing that video game, want to go back and do it again. Even though mm-hmm. I just, I know as an adult, I just wasted an hour of my life mm-hmm. and I don't play video games that much, but there's something in there, in there that lights up your brain and, and fires these neurochemicals or whatever the hell. And... <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're as technical as I am. Exactly. I love this. Exactly. So, but, but I can only imagine like what that, like, and if you're, and here's the thing, if you're a 14 year old kid in a stable home that's taught good morals and values, that probably is water off a duck's back. But if you have these other traumas in your life that you're mm-hmm. dealing with, and mm-hmm. maybe you're in a situation where you're you're not really taught right from wrong, or at best the the lines are gray, you know, that's, that's gonna have a bad effect on you. Absolutely, on how you treat people. Absolutely, on how you interact with people, and who knows, maybe somebody that is in a very precarious mental state, um, that could potentially be a thing. I there's somebody else that we've had on the show that we've asked who's a firearms expert, Ken mm-hmm. Boyd, um, 32 year old, 32 year military veteran, and we've asked him similar questions like, "What do we do about these mass shootings?" And he's like, "The number one thing is video games." Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's a video game that someone is just watching at home, and like you said, a, a normal kid that's watching it, or if it's just this intrusive normalization that we've. Just desensitization. Yeah, that we see it so often. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the regulation is. Do we take it all away or do we have it age? But I mean, I'm an adult. Yes, Mm -hmm. I just don't want to see it on my phone. And I didn't ask for it. I think Mm -hmm. that's another thing. It's like, where are all the places that we are seeing violence that we didn't ask to see it? And, and without it's, it's even everywhere. knowing it. With, without even knowing it. And they used mm-hmm. to say that about sex and, you know, sex sells in America. Yeah, of course it does. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you right now, I can watch sex and not want to go hurt somebody <laughs> if I'm, yeah. you know, watching yeah, a game where someone's going to shoot somebody and kill somebody. I'm more mm-hmm. apt to think, well, violence is okay. Well, now you got me thinking, too, is like how often do you see, which is hilarious, by the way. I love the double standard that these guys set. But... Um, you'll be watching, like I'll watch a football game on Sunday or a baseball, like when we get done here tonight, I'm going to go turn on the Braves game and there'll be a commercial on there for a movie that's upcoming. That's an action movie. And there are these actors on there, you know, just, you know, with, with a, with a nine millimeter pistol, you know, popping heads at 40 yards, which is not realistic, but it, it is what it is. But like you're, 
you're watching a baseball game. Like right. I'll watch a baseball game with my kids. You didn't ask for that. You didn't ask for that violence, right? I'll watch my I'll watch a baseball game with my kids, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like I'm very conditioned to see that now to, to the point where I don't even notice it. So how so, do you protect your children that are sitting there watching it with you because exactly. they like sports? Exactly. I think that's, I mean, you just nailed it. Younger and younger ages are being exposed to violence mm-hmm. and we are saying it's okay. Mm-hmm. But yet we're going to blame that person and say it's bipolar or we're going to say it's schizophrenia or it's, a, you know, that mm-hmm. person was depressed and didn't have any friends or they were bullied. Really? Do you yeah. think it was maybe a little bit more than that? Mm-hmm. I have a... um cousin of mine who is dating a guy that has a daughter Claire's age and he, she was telling me that the seven-year-old um, has no restrictions on movies that she can watch so mm. she's seen all of like these horror movies and like enjoys them man there's and I'm just no way like, I like I don't enjoy horror movies yeah. and it's just I, I, it's 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 kind of it's unnerving a little bit absolutely because what how does a person at a young age, your brain isn't fully developed till age 25. How is that person going to know the difference? Yeah. That's too young to know. Like, that's what I'm talking about. People don't understand the value of life. You're too young to put a value on it. If that's all you see, mm-hmm. that's all you're witnessing is violence. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think there's an overexposure to it. But I, I think you're right. The education has to be there. Yeah. You want a gun? Educate me on how to use it. What am I using it for? Why do I need it? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't have it. Tell me why you have it. You know what I do now? Because I, I just grabbed dinner with a buddy of mine who is, he, he, he calls himself a recovering liberal. He grew up in a... <laughs> liberal household. And then he voted for Donald Trump in 2020 and, and all of his family's he head his exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and he's asking me all these questions and he's like, Hey, I like, I want to buy a gun and I want to learn how to use it. And I want to, like, I want to get into that. And uh, he's like, I don't know where to start. And I was like, well, first call Ken Boyd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, your, <laughs> that's your first step. Cause I like, I know enough to for myself, but I'm not qualified or capable of teaching anybody. But Well, I mean, I haven't purchased a gun, but I'm sure I would hope that whoever I go to, wherever I would go, that they would do a little bit of education for me. Oh, the, I mean, the retailer isn't going to do that right. because you'll go in there and here, here's the process. You'll go in and you'll give them your ID and you'll fill out an application for a background check. Um, they'll run a background check. and So it's easy then. Yeah, it's easy, especially if you're like a... a especially if you don't have a felony. Yeah, then if you don't have a felony, easy. it's pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> I carry yeah. a state license. Isn't that pretty strong? Yeah. <laughs> you probably couldn't get one of those with a felony either. <laughs> no, yeah. not a state license. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not, it's not difficult and it doesn't take a lot of time to, to gain competence if it's something that you want. But uh, I would never suggest that anyone buys a gun, let alone carry a gun in public, if that's what you're inclined to do, uh, without proper training. Mm-hmm. I have a very high standard for myself. Uh, I I had a threshold, like I had a time limit. My before I started carrying a gun in public, my I had a threshold time limit of I need to be able to proficiently draw my gun and fire at a threat within a with a distance under this time limit. Otherwise, I will not allow myself to carry accurately. A gun. Accurately, accurately. Yes. yes, right, because it's dangerous Absolutely. for yourself. I put yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. I, I totally understand it, but mm-hmm. there's, uh, I guess, there, if anyone can get a hold of a gun, regardless of laws, because people will do illegal things. Absolutely. 
I would much rather have the good guys have guns too. I'm not. A, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I was to summarize my, my whole thing. If it's thing. the wild west, I know, I'm, not, let's I'm go, not trying baby. to argue with you at all. Yeah. Uh, I Actually, I agree. I'm not yeah. against guns. I, that's <laughs> what I have learned as a therapist is I have to be pretty open minded. Mm-hmm. And I have grew up very conservative. I grew up very Catholic. Um, yeah. So likewise you know, for both of us. Yeah. Actually. Right. <laughs> so I mean, but I, I, I really struggle with some of it. Mm-hmm. And I have just chosen to go down the route of what's best for humans. Mm-hmm. I want freedom of choice. I want to be able to think for myself and to know that the decisions I make are not here to hurt anybody else. Period. Absolutely. My life is based on love and loving others. Mm-hmm. And if I have to carry I, a gun for that to point to get across, I'll carry a gun. But if I don't, I, I I'm not buying one. Yeah. So that's just my philosophy. If you ever want help, you let me know. I will. That? Thank you. It's good to know. Cool. <laughs> well, I think we beat that dead horse enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was so to, to, to wrap it up and put a bow on it, um, very excited to have you on the team. I'm excited to be here, guys. This is going to be fun. This yeah. is going to be really fun. I'm excited for your first couple episodes to come out. All right. Well, hey, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in today. Um, If you haven't already, please, for the love of God, hit that subscribe (laughs) button and uh, like and share this with all your friends and family. Um, Comment on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, We can't wait to hear from you. And we will be recording again very soon. We'll catch you on the other side.